and welcome back to the Atlas Solutions Podcast. My name is Brian. He's Chad, and today we're continuing our security series, I guess, and uh, we also have a product review. Hey, Chad, how's it going? Hey, happy Labor Day weekend. Um, it's over now, but uh, you know we usually talk about technology, but today I want to stray away after the technology part, of course, and talk a little bit about um, a tech review that also has to do with barbecue. So, uh, Can't wait. you know, Labor Day, we're going to talk about what happened over Labor Day. So, but let's get into the technology part first. Uh, we're going to talk about something called certificate based authentication. So, um, I want to kind of bring this down to a normal human level because technology can get super overwhelming if you're a business owner to, you know, you hear these words or maybe some technology salesperson is trying to sell you something and they're throwing this stuff out and you're just like, what, what does that mean? So to kind of go back and explain what certificate based means, I want to talk about SSL. So if you're on a website, even just google.com or, you know, whatever ESPN, if you look on that little browser, you'll see a lock. And that lock means that that website is secure or that it's using SSL to communicate. So we've talked about this in the past, but to dive into that sort of just the, the function again, uh, when you're using SSL, you have what we call a key pair. And I like to explain it a little more like a key and a lock. So you have um, the private key, which goes in your pocket, and then the public key, which is kind of out for everybody to see. So if you're on a website, you can go and look at the public key and you can take a look at it. It's fine as long as you don't have that private key. So the public key is sort of like the, the lock and the private keys, your actual key to unlock the lock. So if I wanted to send a private message to Brian, I would send Brian the package and I would stick that lock on the outside. And then Brian, you would get the box and you would put the message inside, send it back to me. And then once you clamp that lock down on the box, even you can't see what's inside of it. So now only I, when I get the box back, can open that and look at what's inside. And if you're doing the same thing, and you've got your own private key and your own lock. Mm -hmm. Now we can communicate in total privacy. So when we're talking about certificate based authentication, it's sort of the same mechanism of, you know, certificates. And if you almost think of them as like a key uh, instead of a key, maybe like um, a ticket to a concert. So you go to the person, they, they check your identity and say, yep, you did buy the, the, uh, ticket to the concert. So I'm going to print your ticket out and hand it to you. And then you can walk around freely. So when I'm talking about certificate authentication, let's take it in real life. So Microsoft 365, when you try to uh, enable Apple mail on your Mac, you're going to get a pop-up that says sign in. It'll say configure manually or sign in. And when you sign in, you're not actually putting your credentials in the Mac. So the Mac doesn't store your username and password. It's going to go out to that uh, sort of ticket master and get the ticket. So it's going to go out to 365 and it's going to say, what's your email and password? And what you actually see is the Microsoft or the Google emblem. You're going to see like the login page for 365. You put your email in, you type in your password. So that's like the, uh, the concierge person that says, yep, you got the ticket. Here's your ticket. And then they give you a certificate. 
And so when that certificate's installed on your computer, it all happens kind of behind the scenes. You don't really see all that happening. You just give it your password. Um, now your Apple, uh, mail or your outlook app is authenticated. So the awesome thing about that is that your password's not really stored anywhere on your Mac in plain text for anybody to read. It's a certificate and certificates are intentionally confusing. <laughs> I guess that's maybe it's not the right way to say it, but they're, it's, you can't read it and see the password. It's all like hidden. It's just like that ticket's not going to have all your personal information on it to the concert, but it is going to say, yeah, you can, you know, as long as you have that ticket in your pocket, you can show it to whoever's asking and then get around. So that's certificate based authentication. Um, you know, when we, people talk about going to the cloud and getting their email off of a local email server, some of this stuff's scary, but that's one of the, I think the best functions of certificate based authentication and, and talking about, uh, sort of our previous segments, when we talked about app based two factor that when you're doing this sort of authentication, it's going to still require the requirements at that ticket master are going to be the same. <clears throat> you got to have your ID. You got to have your second factor before you get the ticket. So it's just one more extra layer. This kind of gets into more of the, you know, the technical about how it, how it actually works and what's the function that lets you authenticate. So from time to time, you'll have your outlook or your Apple mail, um, stop working. And it says you need your password again. Sometimes it, it's not that your password has expired, but that certificate, that ticket has expired. And so you need to go get a new one to continue working as normal. Now that can happen for a lot of reasons. Maybe it expired because of time. Maybe it was, you hadn't updated it recently. Maybe it, um, you did an operating system upgrade and something happened with that, um, your keychain or that certificate that said, Oh, this thing's no good anymore. You need to go get another one. So I guess in the real world, that's like, you know, losing your ticket or you, you know, uh, your ticket got water spilled on it and you can't really read it. We got to go get another one. It's okay. Your, your credentials will get you another one, but you got to go ask the concierge to print you another ticket off. So that's kind of bringing it way back down to layman's terms about what's happening with these more modern authentication systems and using certificates. So enough with that. Let's talk about, um, barbecue let's talk about uh, <laughs> finally <laughs> labor day so um this weekend uh i of course was prepping the barbecue to make some ribs and shout out to lake norman butchery i discovered those places so if you're in the area up in morrison plantation lknbutchery.com and i got a three rib um short rib plate beef ribs and some pork ribs as well my brothers were going to come over um, and, and do some barbecuing. So as I was checking out, I saw the, uh, meter plus, uh, meat thermometer. It, uh, has been on my radar for a really long time. And I want to talk about the technical reason why, and then, uh, we'll talk about how it actually functions. So in the past, and even still, I have the eye grill, which is sort of a, it's sort of a smart thermometer. It only uses Bluetooth. It's from Weber. And honestly, I was a little disappointed in Weber. Like I've had a little more high expectations of Weber here, but you've got this little disc and then you plug in the probe and then the pl probe goes into the meat um, and you set it up on your phone. The problem I had with it is my grill is outside. It's 
on the patio. So as Bluetooth's range is pretty short. So as soon as I get into the house, I get alerts that I'm disconnected and I don't see the temperature of the meat and so on with the meter. Um, it's just this little stick. So if you can see, this is, this is the box. And actually, if you look on the back of the box, it has, um, a little door and you can open the door here and then it has a battery inside. And that battery is, this is actually a repeater and a charger. And it's even got a couple of magnets so you can stick it on a refrigerator or something metal so it can mm -hmm. hang out. So the technical, uh, the way this thing functions is pretty cool for one. And it, it might be hard to see, but it just looks like a pen. It looks like a little stylist and there's a little uh, line right here in the middle and you have to stick the thermometer in past the line because a lot of the electronics are in this end and it sort of protects it from the, the super high heat. And then you have this uh, ceramic piece. And actually, this little square on the end is a second thermometer. So if you're cooking like pork or like I did ribs, you can stick it in to the meat and you get the meat temperature and the temperature of the grill, which is really yeah. great because with the eye grill... Awesome. I had to use two probes or, or choose one. I would choose, you know, what's the air temperature and what's the barbecue temperature. So if you're into barbecue um, and smoking meat like Brian and I are, you want to know the temperature of the grill and you want to know the temperature of the meat uh, and you have it in one device. So now the distance, let's talk about that. So this was sort of interesting to me again, marketing, they do a good job at saying it's going to be a lot more distance and it is, but the way it sort of works, it's different from the eye grill. The eye grill has a Bluetooth connection to whatever device you choose. So if you have an iPad or an iPhone or whatever, you just connect it and then that's it. It's a one and done. So you're mm -hmm. tied to the distance of that device and it's Bluetooth connection with the meter plus the thermometer itself. Now, when you take it out, it turns this guy on and then it actually has a Bluetooth connection to this guy. And then your phone connects to this guy. So there's three pieces involved. There's the huh. thermometer, the, uh, I don't know what you would call this, the dock piece, and then your cell phone. So what that does is it almost gives you like a jump. So you've got double the Bluetooth distance. You still, they kind of recommend keeping the dock really close, like on the grill somewhere, not hot, obviously. So maybe 10 feet, 20 feet away and then so on. Now here's the cool part. Um, I want to open my app just to make sure I get the terminology right. But um, there's extra connections. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it's called, uh, meter link. So what meter link does is you can have the thermometer and then the, uh, sort of the middleman, the meter box here, and then the phone, but then the phone pushes the information to the cloud. So you can install another app on your iPad or whatever, and you can go anywhere and watch the temperature. So, so as long as you have the device that's connected to the meter sort of docking station, you can roam about the house. So what I did just to test it is I connected my cell phone and I left my cell phone sort of close enough to keep the connection. And then I was just using my iPad for whatever, um, 
that day and I was kind of doing stuff in the kitchen and doing stuff in the laundry room and roaming about the house and I could check the temperature at any given time. Super great. And of course, um, in typical fashion with some of these smart apps, uh, you've got, when you start the cook, you choose, what are you cooking? And it will kind of go ahead and give you a target, um, the internal temperature of the meat. And it even does an estimation of what time it's going to be done. You know, it's a little, it's a little clunky. I know for me, when I'm cooking these big pieces of meat, I kind of have a timeline. It's sort of, it's going to go six hours or 10 hours or whatever, no matter what. I just got to keep that, um, that ambient temperature of the grill on spot for as long as it takes. And, but it is nice to see the internal temperature, the target, which they set based on, you know, if you're doing a whole chicken or if you're doing beef or pork or whatever, sets the target for that meat to be done. And then, of course, you can adjust it. If you want it to be hot or cold, you can do that. So anyway, awesome, awesome uh, experience so far with one cook, the meter plus. The app looks really great. Um, it's real obvious. Uh, the buttons are real big and bold. The colors are bold. The notifications are really good. You can dig into the notifications about, uh, you know, is it too hot? are you approaching the temperature when it does hit the temperature, you can uh, press the button and it will rest and it kind of calculates the rest time for you as well. So definitely uh, check out the meter plus Um, there. Brian, you mentioned the meter block. I think it's called. Um, Uh, I know they make one. I was, I've been watching this product for a very long time. I do not have one because they're a little pricey. I think you said it's a hundred dollars for the single, right. right? Which isn't bad, really, when you think about how much a good thermometer set right. costs from like Maverick or someone like that. But they were doing a Kickstarter a while back for the block, which had four probes. And there were all the plus, because there's a meter and there's a meter plus. And the plus mm. is where you get the extra distance, I think, yep. on the Bluetooth. Um, but there was, it's four. It's four, and it comes in a nice little wood or bamboo, whatever that block's made out of. Yeah. It's the charging station. And I think what's cool about that app is you could have multiple probes. So yeah. You could have a piece of, you could have a chicken in there. You could have some ribs in there. You could have different kinds of meat, or like four steaks on your grill and monitor them all at one time. It's yeah, really cool. Well, you know, and I think what was really the the seller for me is not only the distance, but the fact that this one is actually two. It's doing the ambient and the meat. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's really important, especially if you're not doing, you know, four, I feel like, like you said, if you're doing steaks or something that might be reasonable to have four, but if you have four, uh, I don't know if the block does the ambient as well, but that would really be eight different temperatures yeah. going on. At yeah, the same it, time. It, does, it does. It's the same probe. It does them hmm. all the same. And I think what to, what to me, the selling factor, and I've never used wireless thermometers, <clears throat> but, uh, the fact that you're not running, if you are running multiple probes, you don't have four, three or four wires coming out of the grill in oh, whatever yeah. dock and hanging around everywhere. Because that's what I, I have a, a dual mo- temperature Maverick thing. It'll do ambient or it'll do two pieces of meat, whatever, but I'm running cables through all the little holes right. on my smoker. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of Yeah, annoying. same. And that was, like I said, I was a little disappointed um, in uh, Weber. So... To kind of roll back, I bought this other Weber. I don't have it in front of me. I usually, if I buy a piece of technology, 
and it's not that great. I just kind of take it on the chin and say, well, I should have, you know, it's whatever. But I bought this thing and it was so bad. I returned it. I took it back mm. to Lowe's and I got my money back because it was expensive. It was like $110, $120. But this device, um, it had the ability to do four probes and it looked nice. Uh, it's more, the more expensive eye grill, um, whatever, but it was alleged to do Wi-Fi. But mm. it's it only works on 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi, which, uh, you know, to your common person, your home is going to have 2.4 and five. Now, good, good smart home devices almost always use 2.4, but they're intelligent enough to look at your Wi-Fi settings and actually connect to the appropriate one. The reason I took this thing back is I, it would not connect to my Wi-Fi. So I literally had to create a second SSID on my network, only <laughs> two point four, and then it connected. And I thought, you know, you're the normal person is not going to be able to do this, and that's a really big fail for them. So, and you're right, the wires hanging out of the grill. The awesome thing about the meter, it's almost too good to be true, and the fact that you just stick it in the meat and you walk away, and there's no wires, and you know. It, it's a great product. It's so great. Mm -hmm. Now I've only done one cook, so we'll see how much it stands up. I do. I am skeptical about technology inside of a grill. <laughs> I don't know how right. long that can last, but um, you know, they must have tested it. And so far the reviews are great. So um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see in a year if it still works. Um, and, and speaking of that, I just, when I said a year, it made me think they claim, so you kind of charge the, the probe in the box with that little, mm -hmm. um, AAA battery. And they say that that battery lasts up to a year. I mean, I can't imagine a ton of power going through there. Um, but yeah, you, it's, mm -hmm. it's very straightforward. It's a nice design. It looks great. Uh, if you want to stick it on, you know, like I said, a refrigerator or a cool part of the grill. So yeah, check it out. And if you're in that area uh, where we are, lknbutchery.com, um, shout out to them. It's my first time there. This is not a paid advertisement. It's just, uh, you know, we like good stuff and <laughs> that it was good stuff. So they've got all the uh, marinated meats and uh, the cool cuts that you can't get anywhere else, uh, like Harris Teeter and whatnot. They've got them all there. Um, it's super nice place. So check that out. Check out the meter. Uh, plus let us know what you think in the comments below and we will see you next week.